Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Can I Be Funny? I am JQ and joining us today is a very funny lady. It's Katie Lane. Hello. Hello. Very funny, thank you. (laughs) So you're our second woman, or my second woman, on the podcast. And your second Lane. Second Lane, yeah. Yeah, That's a bit weird, not sisters though. No, we're not sisters. I'm not related to Ian Lane either. (laughs) So how, when did you start in comedy? When did I start? I started, um, I did my first gig in March of 2012. Yep. But before that I did a, a comedy course at Sadler's Wells. Ah, which one was that? It is called, it's the City Academy, which is attached to Sadler's Wells Theatre, which I, oh. I stressed to add I would never normally go there because I'm not massively sort of arty and cultural. And they have all their various practice rooms and rehearsal rooms which they use mostly uh for singing and dancing and acting yeah and i think they make good good cash off of that um but they also run a comedy course i think sort of two at a time so maybe they run seven or eight a year i don't know all oh, right and was it good a, yeah it, it was i mean it's where lots lots of people have different opinions on on those courses and because i've only done that one yeah. i couldn't possibly compare it to any others because i haven't done the other ones but what I would say is it gives you, if you're nervous at the idea of doing stand-up, because I, I I, was trying to think of when I first had the idea that I wanted to do it, and it wasn't really that long ago, probably only a few months before I did the, the course, I was sort of writing things in my head and then started to write them. And I'd got as far a few months before that as Googling Open Mic Nights London. Yeah. And I think the first thing that comes up when you do that is actually the Lion's Den, because it's got a proper website and stuff. Yes. And that's why a lot of people use that as their first gig, and it's a great place to do your, have you your first done gig. done that one? I have. I only, you know, I only did it for the first time a month ago. What's it like? It's it's a lion's den. It's full of lions. So, no, it's not. It's, um, <laughs> no, it was, it, it was great. Because um, you have to pay to go onto that one, didn't you? You do. It, um, a, a lot of people are, are sort of against the whole, yeah. the whole pay-to-play, so you sort of pays your money takes your choice type yeah. of thing everyone says oh you get a good picture out of it well you do and actually I, I'm useless at um, self promotion and self publicity like I haven't got a website I haven't got a business card I had to send someone a, I'm doing a really nice gig on Friday where they properly promote the acts that they've got coming on ah. and they wrote to me and said have you got any quotes any anything about yourself I said no um, I've just had actually some some photographs done not of me on stage so the lion's den photo that i've i've got from a few weeks ago is about the only one i've got of me on stage so yeah i would i would say pay the four quid for the photo because because <laughs> it's a professional standard it's really, really? quite yeah it can, it can make very unattractive people look quite good sometimes so um so so yeah i i, I googled lion's den and i kind of kept the page open for ages and i kept going back to it going can't do it and then changing my mind yeah and so I worked in a very sort of stressful media agency job until 2008. And I sort of chucked that in, went to Spain for six months and ended up staying there for, for three years and living and, and working there. And then when I came back to the UK, I, I said I'd only live in London again if I didn't go back and do exactly the same thing as I'd been doing yeah. before. You know, I didn't want it to be like sort of releasing the, the pause button. So I now sort of work uh, freelance and have much more sort of free time and flexibility which is very important and I wanted to sort of try new stuff so I thought well I'll I'll think about stand-up looked it up immediately sort of forgot the idea and then strangely I was looking don't laugh I was looking for dancing classes because I I got into dancing in, in Spain and so I googled those and the City Academy came up because 
they do lots of those kind of classes and then singing and acting and stuff. And at the side, on the sideboard, it said comedy courses. And I thought, oh, this is what I've been looking for. And, and, and I didn't know you could do a comedy course. I just thought you were either funny or you, or you weren't funny. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'll do that. And like with every decision I make, it takes me ages and 55 times of changing my mind before I actually make the decision. And I kept thinking, no, I'm too old. I can't possibly do it. What are you thinking? Da, da, da. So in the end, I, I, I did it, uh, started it in January of, of 2012. And the good thing about a course, a lot of people slag them off, but it, if you're not sure about whether you want to do it or not, or you're very nervous, yeah. your showcase spot at the end gives you a deadline. So you know yeah. that you've got a, a, a show on that date. And because it's only friends and family there, it's a very sort of warm environment. And, yeah, it's a very safe environment in which, in which to do your first spot. And hopefully nobody comes away from their first spot after a comedy course feeling, oh, you know, it was the most miserable experience of, of my life. So that was end of March 2012 that that happened. And I ended up doing 11 and a half minutes. That will stop you. Well, it's, it's, it's still a recurring problem. My timing is, is horrendous. And I'd written a bunch of stuff down and thought that it was about, she said you could do sort of between five and seven minutes. Um, I thought, oh, that's seven minutes. And it wasn't, it was, it was 11 and a half. <laughs> five minutes of comedy and then lots of pauses for you know, <laughs> raucous laughter and, and standing ovations, flowers, all that. God, so embarrassing. No, it wasn't. Um, so that was that. And then you sort of have to go about booking your own gigs in and yeah. getting organized and all the stuff I'm not really that good at. Um, so my second gig was at the fabulous uh, Pear Shaped. Have you done that one? No, I've got to I've do seen that one. It, yeah, you've got to do that one. Yeah, yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Um, no. Way? Yes. No. <laughs> well, they, they they market themselves as as London's second worst comedy gig. Really? I don't know if they're which the which the first one is, but it is interesting. And you actually get quite a few um, really quite experienced, established acts who'll just go down there for old times' sake right. and, and try a few bits out and. And die on their ass and, and sort of come away <laughs> wondering why they bothered. So so whenever I, I'll sort of, I'll make up when people say, when was your first gig? I've kind of got three really, even though technically my my course showcase was really the first time I went on stage. The first, I would say, proper, proper gig I did with audience and laughing and clapping yeah. um, was was at the Cavendish Arms. Yeah. So that was in April of, of 2012. It's a good one. And I came away from there... Um, feeling like a like a sort of rock star kind of thing, only because there was there was a crowd there. Did you get through to the? No, I didn't. No. no, but I didn't. I didn't care about that. I mean, it just I, I was just glad to get to the end of it. And and somebody came up to me at the end. I think it was someone's mom or someone's sister, whoever one of one of the friends of the other acts, and just said something quite nice about whatever it was. I can't remember what she said. And I went home and I thought, yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to do this again. Yeah. And I think it's really important to have a good experience in your first few gigs because otherwise it can it can be miserable you know we've all gone home from gigs just feeling suicidal <laughs> so if you can get a really nice one under your belt early on at least it sort of gives you that that positive yeah, my feeling first one was at Rudy's and oh yeah like, that's a nice one yeah 15 people come down to watch me wow 15 of your yeah. friends never happened since no well, this is, you can always one. tell the new acts because they've yeah. got loads loads of people there <laughs> and um i did one joke and i got like a clap and a cheer it was amazing i know it's never good had that since. you haven't had it since not oh. with that joke oh i see well you no know, this this is the other thing is why does that joke work sometimes and it doesn't i say exactly the same words do exactly the yeah. same thing 
it's the Marmite one. I don't know if you saw uh-huh. that one. It just... It's weird, isn't it? I know. God, if, if only you could kind of... You could create some kind of algorithm for what <laughs> makes people laugh at certain times, at certain moments. I was chatting to a, um, a guy I was running the night the other day and we were talking about courses because he did a course and uh-huh. he said that the people that don't do courses and do stand-up are a little bit unhinged. And the people that do yes. do courses just need that little A bit push. more methodical. Yeah. The other thing with a the, with the course, and it didn't happen on my course and as I said I, I can't compare courses because I haven't I haven't really done them but I, I did a weekend course recently and that was for for real beginners I was I was the only one there who'd, who'd done that many gigs but there was a bit of a sort of um get yourself up and running kind of formula where you write about where you're from yeah you I don't know I can't remember the rest of it but let's say for example you tell a joke about your mother and then you you know make the fun of your make fun of your nose or I don't know something like that and and now you can kind of spot people who have just come off a course because they say hello my name's so-and-so it sounds a bit like this and I look a bit like this person and I come from this town it's a bit like Croydon but without the dinosaurs or what you know whatever <laughs> and so you can spot that formula I'm trying to avoid doing any of that well yeah and, and yeah I mean, you, you can argue it's, it's very formulaic and it, and it really sort of identifies people who've done a course. But at the same time, if, if you think of your your comedy journey as being, you know, years and years and years, if that's what you need to do in your first two or three months, just, just to feel yeah. comfortable on stage and feel comfortable sort of finding your your rhythm and your voice, then then do it. Half the stuff I used a year ago, I haven't I've thrown in the bin and never used again. What do you think is the best thing you've got out of your course apart from because I'm finding that the friends that I made on the course are really helping now because we go to all the same gigs and yeah I think that you see lots of lots of groups of of people actually uh, and there's one group of people who I've I've sort of latched onto who everyone thinks I did a course with but I didn't I just sort of like them all as a as a group unfortunately my group there are only seven of us and of the seven two more two other people I think did one or two gigs yeah more and then got totally cold feet or just decided they didn't want to do it yeah because there was so 18 no. of us 18 so there's My about goodness. five that are doing it regularly which okay is that's great. Not, yeah. not a bad job out, right so we do a, a workshop once a month as well we meet up in a pub that's a very Holden. good idea and you can be honest with each other with each other and, and just sort of chat we'll all go through our sets and then yeah we'll make notes and say well that was rubbish or that was yeah. brilliant or, well there are i mean you do I've only been going 18 months, but I've certainly got who I would consider a, a peer group. So not necessarily people I see all the time, but people who started within two or three months of me. Yeah. Most of whom I'd say have probably done more gigs, more gigs than me because um, they work harder. But um, p- people who you've sort of seen progress and you think, okay, well, you've seen them change and grow and, and, and get better. And hopefully they would say the same of me. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. But going back to your question of what, what did I get out of it? Um, one, one of the writing techniques that I, I always stick to is, is I write everything out verbatim, yeah, which is I kind of my sticking that. point really. Cause it, it means, I mean, I certainly don't stick to a, a script a hundred percent, but what yeah. I need to do is have the words on the page, partly for the word counts. So I can get the timing. <laughs> so I do, I do sort of 20, 15% over. So I'll do for five minutes, I'll do sort of 600 words or so um only only because otherwise i'll just end up rambling on for for hours so i I do that and she also said write everything out verbatim that you want to say go through it and then cut half of it out yeah which i think is still just to make it tighter and then cut you know another 
20% ads again just to, to, to really, really tighten it down. Especially for five minutes, you don't want to spend... And I've seen people spend, you know, nearly a minute on a setup or even longer and you, you're just there thinking, this has got to be the best punchline I've ever heard. Yeah. Or you've just wasted 20% of your set, you know, I've done on that about. with one routine about, mm. and the punchline is dogging. Okay. But the whole setup for it is just way too lumbered, so I've got to try and think of it. But have you found a way to, to get it around no, it? No, I haven't done it, because I've got, because I'm doing this stuff about Lego and trying to yeah. do something for a competition. Trying to be the Lego man. Yeah, it's trying to make, I'm trying to basically, when I was chatting to Stuart Goldsmith, he said, you've got to try and be a bit unique for yes. competitions. So I'm trying to get yes, that's true. a seven minute, five, seven minutes of just Lego. So right. I'm trying different jokes out okay. each bit. But with, with stuff that you've sort of tried and and it's either too long or it's too waffly or it doesn't quite land or whatever, I've got, I mean, I've got buckets of waffly stuff that I haven't really used again. But um, there have been a couple of bits and bobs that I've sort of stuck with it and it's and it's either come to me in the middle of the night or it's come to me when I've been doing something else of, oh that's a much better way to do that yeah. and you can include it and I think the more material you write um, I, I, I definitely go for, for a numbers game because the other thing they recommended on the on the course is, is get your five minutes right first and don't change it which is fine if you've got a five minutes that you're happy with yeah. which I, I still even after a year and a half I haven't got my I haven't got my five minutes I haven't I've kind of got, I've got a couple of openers maybe I've got a joke about Poundland, which I'm just horrified by because it's such a it's such on the sort of list of um, hacky topics. <laughs> but it's it's actually the first it's the first joke I wrote. It's one of the first things that sort of came to me because I was on the bus on the way to Brixton and the Poundland was on fire. It really was. <laughs> and and I sort of thought to myself, and yeah, the press reports the next day, fire at Poundland, fifty six quids worth of damage. <laughs> I thought, wow, that has just got to be the best joke ever no um so so i so i i use that and it, it always sort of seems to go quite well as an open but I don't, i've never had a closing joke and you're supposed to have ones just so people know you finish and, yeah. I, and I just go right i've run out of time see ya which is shit yeah because so. i thought i had a really good closing joke but i don't know if you remember i say oh um wife says to me stop building lego and go and do something more constructive uh-huh which is fine and then Stuart. I emailed him and he said, yeah, you can, there's a much better one in there somewhere. Uh-huh. I was like, where? Where is it? Tell me it is. So I've got to try and think of a better one now. There we it go. Is a bit but you will, there. you will. Because um, I'm only 20 gigs in, so. Well, that's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. I, I think I changed, I changed my material. It was only really until Christmas that I started reusing or, or, or I started having what was probably, say, three or four minutes worth of stuff that I knew I could use again and again. Yeah. But prior to that, I would I would change my stuff a ridiculous amount. So I would sort of do fine and then die and die with that and then do fine with that the next day and vice versa. And and eventually you have you have got to stay, say goodbye to stuff that just doesn't work. Also the other the other thing that I that I suffered from is when I when I sort of started writing little bits and bobs down, all the stuff I write is is kind of reactive, really. So it's in response to something I see, something yeah. I read, something I hear, which of course is is more sort of newsy based. And I, I certainly wouldn't call my stuff. I mean, it's not topical because you need you need your own sort of radio show to be yeah. able to do that. But I would say, what did I say? It's I, I would say it's seasonal. Seasonal. So. <laughs> and what's this season? So, for example, over over the summer, I've been talking about my appalling camping trip, crickets. Um, yeah, the cricket stuff went down well, didn't it? Yeah, it was, it's gone all right actually. Um, 
but then I can't actually I can bring the cricket stuff back in November because we've got another Ashes but but I, I can't really talk about that kind of stuff and, and similarly I had some sort of Christmas New Year and then my birthday's January and I had a I had a thing about how shit it is having a birthday in January and I wouldn't ever get that out in mm-hmm. in August I just yeah. I just wouldn't so the stuff I the stuff that really got me going and th- this is how 2012 inspired a nation is actually the Olympics yeah you know so for what two years beforehand it was in the papers every single bloody day and you know, you'd hear these ridiculous things about what they were doing, money they were spending on useless things. And and I ended up with, with quite a lot of uh, material. So, for example, I did a thing in my first set, which I used for about four or five months, about um, how they'd cancelled Glastonbury to use the Portaloos for, for the Olympics. Yeah. So I managed to sort of imagine, you know, Glastonbury-style quagmire of filth, uh, the Olympic Village funnier than it sounds um, <laughs> but then of course you can't you can't do well I, I, I couldn't do that after about September of last no. year because the Olympics had finished and god forbid that you know you should still be peddling out stuff that's you know, people are still doing stuff about the riots which is two years ago really yeah not not that many but people's people still you know I saw one guy the other day and he turns the ground do we all enjoy the Olympics I'm like yeah a year ago <laughs> Bloody hell! So I, I, I wouldn't really want to sort of um, over squeeze stuff and 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 flog something to death. What you can do though, that I'm getting much better at, is actually de-timeify. That's not a word, is it? That's a new word. What am I trying to say? De-timeify. Not make it time sensitive. Desensitize it, but that means something <laughs> completely different. Um, you know what I mean. I do. Take away the time reference yep. and and make it more. More time neutral, non-seasonal. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm, ge- I'm getting a bit better at that, and also I'm insanely indecisive as well, so I can't decide if I like stuff or, or whatever. So I've got um, I've got a couple of quite important gigs coming up in September, and I just cannot decide on what five minutes of material I want. So I've got I've got a crack team of of about three people in place that <laughs> I'm just going to send them hours of shite, and they have to choose. <laughs> to choose for me because I'm so useless. So when you're doing your five minutes, how do you decide what? Do you change it on the night or do you go with this fixed? No, I I, I sometimes can be found in the loo beforehand, writing my set on the back of my hand. Um, so goal, goals, comedy goals for next year, get more organised. Mind you, that's been my my life goal for the last <laughs> sort of thirty years. Be more organised hasn't really worked out that well. So I will have an idea. I'll have a sort of little short list of stuff I want, and if I can, I, I quite like sort of referring to stuff other people have said during the show yeah. or stuff that's happened that day or but now as I said I, I have got probably I've probably got about I haven't really counted it maybe 10-15 minutes worth of stuff that I can pull from and, and yeah cobble stuff together that's a professional word isn't it cobble <laughs> stuff together from from there so well, no but I, I don't have I don't have my type 5 as they say in comedy which is which is... Is there any such thing as a type five, do you think? Because they're, they're so different, well, these there gigs. There is. It, it, depends, it depends on your style. So, like I was saying, with a with the course, they said you don't... Get your five minutes and don't touch it. Maybe change 10% of it. Yeah. But don't change your stuff around too much. Um, so if you've got a five, you know, a lot of people have a sort of very biographical five on you know, my family, my this, my that, my childhood. And you can make that into a type a type five, I guess. The the worry is with that, and I have seen people um, start off, you know, with a very sort of loose five, and then they tighten it and tighten it and tighten it. Yeah. 
and then by the end of six months or nine months or whatever they, they, they've got a much better version of what they had before but then that worries me is like well is it going to take you another nine months to write another five minutes yeah um, so I think I think there's two schools of thought and, and go with whichever one suits you but go with whichever one makes you feel more comfortable so you know for some people the idea of, of getting up on stage and not really knowing what they're going to say I mean there are some people who literally have no idea what they're going to say until they step up there and I admire those people I'm going <laughs> to once September's out of the way I'm going to do what I sort of refer to as, as doing a gig in your underwear <laughs> where you just kind of go on and you're like right because I, I I need to I need to do that I need to do more audience stuff I need to get better at spontaneous it depends as if you've got a, a, a sort of willing room of people as well when did you go on stage and think I know what I'm doing now or do you um, still not know not often um, I, 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 I do prefer going on when my set is a lot more practiced so yeah. I, I still get nervous about doing new stuff so so no, I can answer that question. I think the turn the turn of this year, so, so 2013 has been a big turning point. So that would have been, what, nine months after I started. And as I said, by that time, I sort of had material that I could use again. And I had done sort of 10, 15 times and I knew very well. Yeah. So that's when I felt more confident in what I was saying. And in terms of stage nerves, unless I am either in a very, very big and new room which you know happens not that often still but or I'm trying out new stuff um I don't get hugely nervous about performing because um you know my old job I used to do presentations to rooms for other people yeah I've taught English abroad so that's effectively getting up and making a fool of yourself in front of people as well so I don't I don't mind the presentation aspect of it at all it's more do I know what I'm presenting am I am I confident in in what I'm saying do I know it have I got it written on my hand (laughs) I've never gone on stage one thing I would I I really get annoyed when people go on stage with a piece of paper in their hand yeah because it doesn't do you any favor write it on the back of your hand I've seen people with their entire set written like a tattoo up to their elbow fine do that don't go on with a piece of paper because it makes you look nervous. I had to, the last gig I did, I had to get a piece of paper out just to give me one cue because the Lego stuff is great. I think that's all right if you, yeah. if you know that there's something written on there. Yeah. But I've seen people standing there with a trembling hand. No. Of, and if you're not if you're not ready, I would say this for, for your, especially for your first gig, practice it. Yeah. Know it. And then once you've got a couple under your belt, then you can sort of go on a bit more. But if only for your own confidence more than anything so so go on make sure you know what you're going to say yeah um and and de- and deliver it yeah because because the nerves the nerves will come from just being up there the nerves shouldn't come from the fact that you don't know your material that's something you can do something about i'm finding that with this lego stuff it's very specific okay whereas with the non-specific stuff like you can add lib it or you can if i just think running i can do the running bit yeah. if i think cake i've got a good bit about uh-huh. being in a coffee shop yeah uh, there's a wet white one, okay. which has got some good stuff in it. So I can just think of those keywords, yes, and I can do it. But this Lego is very specific, little, and it needs a script. Yeah, and it's very because I have to do it in the right order because yeah. you can't say one thing about. Well, that that's it. it. I, I still in. forget the order of stuff, so I, I can forget the running order of topics, but I still yeah. sometimes will leave out huge chunks of stuff, and it really annoys me that I can't remember it. I'm finding it difficult. The problem I've got is you're only doing five minutes at a time. Every two or three days a week yeah it's just it's like if you were driving it's almost a, not enough isn't yeah, it yeah if you were learning to drive a car you wouldn't do it for five minutes exactly so you just it's going to take a long time to build up well it does and and, and I think 
the sooner you know once you when you start the sooner you realize that it's going to take you absolutely years to get it right yeah that's definitely when i started to relax and i can't remember when it was very early on that i realized that it, it just takes forever to to become any any good and yeah. by that i don't mean get on the telly become famous whatever i mean be the kind of be a comic as yeah. in not just do it as a, as a hobby is to be a comic and so it's it's the writing it's the knowing what to do it's the having been in every single situation so we were talking before about the kind of big rowdy rooms with the yeah, stag yeah. do's and stuff I'm not even close to being able to do that I'm not sure how I want to do that have you had that. any good heckles yet? I haven't had any real sort of larry heckles I did do um, I did do a monthly a monthly gig and the monthly gigs in in pubs sort of outside the the center of london or, or out of london altogether are actually really nice because it's much more of an event ah. and people you know they've only got one one show a month that they can go to so they tend to be quite full but they also tend to be full of you know the lo- your local comedians right um these london types coming in well that, that's <laughs> it um and so i did have one with 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 a bunch of uh quite sort of lively guys at the back who would i don't mind actually when people join in because that actually can 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 ramp the energy up and it and it gives you something to to sort of riff off a little. Yeah. I can't believe I just said riff. <laughs> Fucking Keith Richards doing. Me. Um, but you know what I mean. You you can. I, I like a bit of a, a bit of banter and I can I can handle that. But no, I haven't had any really nasty nasty heckles yet. Any good ones? Any good heckles? No. I should have prepared this answer. Should I? No, I can't. <laughs> Actually, I did do one. Uh, I did do one at Dirty Dicks uh, in about six months ago, where there was a where was a group of very sort of happy girls at the front who'd all been hitting the Smirnoff ice a bit too much, and because they were right on the front row, I've seen this a couple of times. Instead of heckling you because they're so close, they actually just end up talking to you, yeah, like you're having a conversation <laughs> with them. Um, so I, man, I, I think I sort of, I think that was one of my first ever crowd interaction moments and it sort of it sort of went all right and it seemed to add to the to the spirit of the evening and I was very lucky that night because I went on almost last by which time you know the crowd was very sort of loose and up for it as they say on the radio um so that that was fun but I tell you what I don't like at all and I really need to work out how to deal with it is when people are talking Yes. So they're just having a completely separate conversation on the other side of the room. They're not listening to you. They're not joining in. They're not heckling nothing. And what do you do if you draw attention to it? You're kind of breaking your yeah. flow. Plus, you're drawing attention to the fact that they're not listening to you. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I wish I had something a bit more killer to to deal with that. So competitions. Yes. Funniest woman of the year. Funniest woman of the year. How did that come about? Just another one you entered, or? Oh, I haven't. No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I, I entered it. This is funny women, not funny. Yeah. Or my friend's son calls it. Katie, when when are you doing Britain's funniest woman? <laughs> like some kind of ITV two <laughs> thing. I what well, I entered that um, last year, and it was my I think it was my sixth or seventh gig. Really? And I only entered it because actually one of my course mates had, had said, oh, go on, do it. And again, everyone's got their own ideas about competitions, whether they want to do them. Some people hate them. Some people are obsessed by them and get really, really upset if they don't win yeah. and take it so personally. La, la. Um, I entered 
that one when I just had done like my first gig and they gave me a date for my heat and actually having that date in place so it's it was like another deadline, if you yeah. like. Having that in place meant that I sort of went a bit crazy, well, I say crazy, and, and, and booked in like oh, four gigs in the space of, I think it's probably a fortnight. <laughs> it wasn't exactly hammering it, and I know that now. But it, it felt like a lot at the time. So I, I, I sort of had four or five gigs booked in that made me very nervous and, and made me sort of pull my socks up a bit and, yeah. and write. So, but even then, I did a completely different set from the one I'd first done three weeks ago. Um, so I did that and I, I got through to the to the semi-finals of it and the semi-final of that last year was at the time well even probably still now actually one of the biggest gigs I've ever done so it was yep. the bottom room of the Leicester Square Theatre which I think holds 80, 90 people maybe and it was yes, been in there, ticketed yeah. so it was the first time you know people had, had to had to pay and it was heaving and there were girls on the on the bill some of the same experience of me, but but a lot who who done you know many many more gigs and yeah. one girl sort of turned to me before we went on and went oh it's going to be so hard to do five minutes because normally I do an hour and I'm, Ooh, like that really just <laughs> terrified me but again it sort of gives you it could have been an hour of rubbish though it could have been an hour of rubbish uh, I won't I won't say whether it was um, <laughs> no she she was she was good. Um, and so that, I mean, again, it sort of puts a bit of fire in your belly and it kind of makes you, makes you work. Because whenever I do something, I, mean, I haven't done that many competitions, I'll tell you why in a second, but um, I think having that sort of fear factor, as long as it's enough to drive you on rather than put you off, yeah. then I think it can be a, a positive thing. And then, uh, so I, I did all right in that and, and I got wild carded. Um, but this was in June and they didn't tell me for almost two months whether I'd made the final, which was September. So, and I just wasn't sure. And I, I know you should sort of be ambitious. Say, I want to win this. But actually at the time, I'd only done like 25 gigs or something. And I just wasn't sure if I was ready for that kind of final in front of 300 people. So I'd sort of wake up every day like going, oh, I hope I get it. And then wake up the next day going, I hope I don't get it. And then, oh, I hope I get it. Oh, I'm not ready. So, and, and I, I didn't get through, which, which at the time was a was a blessing because as I said before I'd run out of material because <laughs> it was it was the end of September the final by which time I hadn't written any new stuff and all my all my Olympic based stuff would have just seemed shit yeah, do you have to do a different set for no each I heat? don't no I don't think you do no you so don't it's be quite complicated to be good for another five minutes yes unless you're you know been doing it a yes long time. I did meet someone at the Cavendish the other day who was on their second gig. So they'd done their first gig at the Cavendish and I think they'd won it. And he was really nervous about going on again. He was looking at his bit of paper. I said, I said, oh, don't be nervous. He goes, oh, I'll never remember all this. I said, well, isn't it the same material? He goes, he goes no, no. It's not. And he didn't realise you could do the same five minutes, you know, in your second and third show. Yeah. I said, I said I think, yeah, for God's sake, some people trot the same shit out for years. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not going to be doing that. No. no. So you've got the final on the 23rd? Finals on the 23rd, yeah. £20, get your tickets now. Twenty, Just £20. That's a pounds. lot of money, isn't it, for a competition? Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> now, how much of I... that cut are you going to get? Uh, none. <laughs> um, it's, it's for charity. And then, and then before that, um, on the 17th, I've got the BBC New Comedian Did you thing, which even saying year? it just actually makes me feel ill. So I've I got, applied and didn't get anything back. Oh, really? Yeah. Not even a no thank you. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if they... I'll try again next year, but... Yeah, do. Mm. 
Did you record, did you send an audio from a yeah. gig you'd done? Always sending the audio from the best gig you've done. Do, so do you, tape your, done. <laughs> do you tape yourself? Every single gig Good. is taped. Did they tell you to do that? No, because of the job. Oh, I see, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got the gear. You've so got the can, equipment, yeah. yeah. Well, I started doing that um, after about three months. And I, know, I, mean, I don't tape every single one, but certainly if I've changed an order around or certainly for new material, I'll, I'll always tape it on my phone. And it has just changed everything and especially I'm still very bad at gauging how things are going I'm in such a bubble when I'm up yeah. there um, that you can come up and think oh I don't think that went that well and then play it back and you think okay maybe it was slightly better than I I, I certainly haven't come off thinking god that was a bad gig and then played it back and go fucking hell <laughs> it's like the Albert Hall in there but um, no it, it does help and it helps you kind of remember where the laughs go and, and it can be you know, it, it, it can sort of confuse you into thinking, well, they laughed last week, but why didn't they laugh this time? But no, I, in general, I would recommend recording yourself. I find it quite useful just playing it back and then you can just listen to where the laugh, there's no laughs. Yeah. Not because you're not saying something funny, it's just because you're not saying anything. Yeah. You're just talking, you're just setting up yeah. for the end and there's just, you can see where there's too much setup. Yes. It's perfect. Yeah, and that. that's very difficult to, to gauge when you're, when you're up there because... It's in the moment. Your self, your sort of sense of awareness goes, I think, when, when you're up there. Because you're just, you're lost in music, as it were. <laughs> and last night you came second in the Golden Spud. Oh, I did, yeah. That, that How was, many uh, chips did you eat? I didn't eat any chips at all. <laughs> um, that was, that was, it was in a conference room. So first ever gig in a conference room. Ooh, is that good or yeah. bad? It was, well, it was this, this sort of huge, very heavily air-conditioned thing with lots of, of we shiny... We do that right now. Shi- yes, it's quite hot. Um, lots of shiny seats that they use for weddings and, and oh. stuff like that. But that was voted for online, so I think a lot of it was yes um, to do with who had been the most organised and got people to to it. But it, in ter- I mean, generally with competitions, if you I mean, it's very easy to say, but sort of don't get too depressed if uh, you know. And also the the other thing which I think is really important is don't enter, especially a big competition. Don't enter until you have something that you think actually might do all right. Mm. Don't go along going, oh, I'm shit, I'm not ready, I've only done three gigs, but I'll enter whatever national competition it might be. Because if, I mean, fine, if you're brilliant at three gigs, then great. But but unless you're absolutely ready and confident. So I didn't enter, um, I didn't enter any of the big ones last, last year. So Leicester Square, Amuse Moose, Laughing, I didn't enter any of those because, um, partly because I'm, crap at knowing when the <laughs> when the entry dates are but more um uh there were a couple that you had to sort of apply for by the end of the year and in november of last year i had the most spectacular topple off the comedy horse to the point where oh just the most deathly gig what happened i just died i mean died um horrendous can't describe it it's well, it's it's one it's one of those ones that gets really really big names. I think dying at an open mic night, yeah, get over it, it's fine. But this was one of those ones where, as an open micer, you're way at the bottom of the bill, and you're there in a room with other people who are much more experienced than you. And at the end, no one would look me in the face. No one would. <laughs> it's just horrendous. And I did the thing of playing it back on the train on the way home, thinking maybe it won't be that bad, and it was. It was just awful. So what did just nothing work? Or? Well. Couple of things. That that room's quite difficult. It's got quite a high high stage in it, which will give people a clue as to where it might have been. Um, 
But the other thing, and again, you know, stick this down on the lessons learned list, um, going back to the whole sort of changing material, I'd just done a new set and I had debuted it at the, at the Cavendish Arms uh, three days beforehand and it had gone well and I'd, I think I'd, I never win that thing. I always come runner up if I get on the stage because I always get beaten by oh, Yeah, I was else. chatting to a comedian this morning that I met and his wife is doing uh, comedy now. First gig, Cavendish, Ooh. she won it. Okay, that's great. That's really good. Yeah. Um, so it, it had gone really well there and I'd gone home thinking, oh, that, that went fine. I'll try that and whatever on, on the Wednesday. And I just died on my ass. And I think the lesson there is there are some rooms which are just very, very benevolent and, and that creates for a great atmosphere and a really fun night and stuff, but don't take it as gospel that that is the funniest set that anyone's ever done just because you you did well did there, the other so. comedians bring the house down or was it everyone struggling um no there was there was someone else who who really struggled as well because my my whole thing is when i when i started is i always said i don't i don't want to be the worst one on the bill i don't want to be the one where people go home and go well he was all right she was all right but bloody hell did you see that girl she was rubbish <laughs> um so I, I think there was someone else this is awful to drag someone down to my level isn't it <laughs> I, th- I think there was someone else who was sort of equally cringy that night um but no everyone else seemed to sort of do all right it, i don't know it's just one of those things but i was i was very very disheartened by it um and i was thinking and i i think i, I didn't go and do another gig for about three weeks after that and then really? the next one i did i literally sort of came on with a very sort of self-pitying sad face and was crap then as well and actually the thing that kept me well, that stopped me from quitting totally is I'd been offered my first ever spot. So someone had actually offered me a spot to do there's a lovely lady called Fenella Fudge, I'm gonna name check because she's Fenella the first Fudge. person ever to offer me a spot. So How she saw me feel? somewhere. Oh, I was just I was so chuffed. Yeah. And she'd she'd offered it to me before I'd done my my awful gig. So I'd had it in my diary and I was feeling just so kind of weepy and well, like, oh, it's terrible, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit. And I thought, well, I can't quit because she's asked me to go and I better do it. And I was doing 10 as well. I think it was only the second or third time I'd done 10 minutes. And I went and I did that in the December and that went really well and, and I got offered another gig off the back of that and, and I was sort of back in the, in the saddle, I suppose. Um, but I don't think it'll be the first time I, I fall off the horse. Yeah, I haven't died properly yet. I've had but when you do, which you will, because yeah. unfortunately everybody does... Um, you, you've just got to, just got to soldier on. Just no one laughing at all. No, it wasn't. And, and if you're really lucky and you can see the faces of the audience, you might get the kind of that look, <laughs> like what the hell is this? That's I've been told it's a... when you can hear them blinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so have you been paid for any gigs yet? Um, my career earnings are just about to nudge three figures. So yeah. Ooh. Uh, I think I've earned about sort of 90-ish quid. I think I've been paid four times. Well, yeah. I, I, actually, I'm, I'm including my 50 quid winnings from last night. So actually, if you take ah. away that, because that's not really getting paid, is it? Um, no, I'm still down to below 50 <laughs> quid. I think it's about 45 pounds in my career earnings. So I've been paid, I think, four times or whatever. Awesome. Or had, I got a free pizza the other day. Nice. Which I've got to say I was over the moon with. Absolutely over the moon. So how do you... Um keep a record of all your notes i'm really sad and i keep a I keep a spreadsheet unfortunately that's good yeah um and i i keep it so i number the gigs so i know how many i've done where it is obviously the date um i say what bits of material i've done ah so i can sort of reference uh and and if i sort of look look back over it there really is far too much uh 
chopping and changing. And I put how it went, any sort of notes, and then I put who was there. Oh. Yeah. So Does that mean I'm in your database? You certainly am, Ooh. yes. You certainly am? I forget my English, it's too hot Rubbish in here. Rubbish man doing you crap certainly about are. Lego. <laughs> yeah. Or, to well, me. actually, if, because um, obviously you can't always remember, if it's one of those really well-organised gigs that's got a poster or, a, you know, yeah. list of names, you can, you can get them from there. Um, but if I can't remember... I I don't put like every single person down. Only the really good ones. Well, yeah, all those, <laughs> but if if I can't remember someone's name, I might just put yeah Lego guy, just to jog my memory. Nice to know I'm out there somewhere. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. So what's yeah. your comedy plan? What's my comedy plan? I don't have one. I haven't had one. Um, I don't know when I will have one. My comedy, uh, my whole sort of ethos from the start has been keep going until you stop enjoying it. Mm. And as I said, I, I got to a point where I almost did stop enjoying it, which luckily passed. But I, I think um, I've got so much out of it. I didn't, I didn't expect it to, to be like this at all. I didn't expect to enjoy it. I didn't expect to get so much out of it and to be so so sort of into it. And the other thing is, I mean, you, 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 the, the good thing about a comedy is you can invest as much or as little as you want into it. So if you want to do yeah. one gig a week, do that. If you want to gig every night, do that and you'll you know, do do much better as a result but also it's it's totally totally down to you so it's up to you to book your gigs yeah it's up to you to write your material um and really if so if you if you stop if you decide right i'm going to take six months you're not letting anyone down yeah you know and unfortunately no one's really going to miss you (laughs) (laughs) so i i really i like the i like the kind of autonomy of it the flexibility of it, which is which is very important to me, um, and the other thing is, I, I you know, you, I've made some really nice friends on this, and I, I didn't expect it to be like that because I remember saying on the course, I think my question to the teacher was, uh, "Is comedy full of tossers?" Because <laughs> I just expected it to be. I mean, yeah. of course, it's full of egos. Of course, it is. Like but any job, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I did bloody advertising for. 10 11 years i'm totally used to it (laughs) but i think certainly at this level at open mic level you just meet a lot of nice people who who just want to enjoy who just and there are some people who are very very ambitious and those are the ones who are working harder and who are who are doing better and and good luck to them but there are there are a few people that i want to do i want them to do just as well as 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 me if you like And, and there are people as i said who i've seen grow and change and improve and and it really makes me happy i'm sort of quite proud of myself that i'm not being sort of bitchy and and <laughs> but in general I, I love watching other people and, and for me it's never a wasted gig you know if i've had a good gig great but then if i i love seeing new people yeah and i love seeing people get better and there are certain people who i could just watch over and over again yeah because i because i there are certain people who i in fact, there's one person I actually have to leave the room and they're on because I've seen so many, I won't see who it is. <laughs> but I actually, I'm like, I can't sit through this again. And it's someone that does the exact same set word for really? word. And I could just, I could just mouth along. I really could. <laughs> um, Do you find you have a run of good gigs and then suddenly you'd have a crap one oh, yeah. to put you in check? Oh yeah, Absolutely absolutely. Of course. Yeah. It's amazing when that happens. It is. I know. It's just the way it works. I tried giving out so, a little bag of Lego for someone to build. Uh-huh. I made the mistake of giving it to the only person that was laughing. So oh, they right. were building this Lego. Oh, so they were busy. Even though I've been told on the course, don't do that. Right. 
Yeah. Will you do it again? No. Right. <laughs> Not unless I've got a massive room. But then you can just kind of write that down on, you know, mm-hmm. lesson learned, tick, yeah. move on. Hmm. Do you think it's easier for women to be funny or? Because I find anyone who's like, got a regional accent does well. Mm-hmm. Women seem to do better than men just generally. Do you think? I think so, yeah. Okay. Do you think that? I don't know. I haven't, no. I haven't really sort of cross-referenced it because there are so few of us. But is it easy for? I think I think it's easy for women to. I think there's a lot of goodwill towards women doing well in comedy because you know there's an article published probably every week in some paper about why aren't there enough women yeah. in comedy. Why do you think that? Because I think it's probably it's like any sort of male-dominated environment. It's it's probably a bit intimidating, which is where. I would stick up for the funny women competition and that it gives a lot of women their first gig. Yeah. So they're not necessarily stand-ups. They might do sort of poetry or singing or a lot of character acts and stuff. And a sort of dingy, sweaty basement is maybe not the ideal environment for that. So it it does provide a platform for for people to sort of get into it. Um, But I think if you're... I think there are certainly a lot of people who, who wish there were more female stand-ups just to sort of address the balance a little bit so if you if you're sort of halfway decent then then yeah you'll you'll get booked the the fringe there was a top 20 jokes yeah and none of them were by women women. but some of the jokes are pretty crap yeah they were even even the whisper one i thought was it was okay but it wasn't as good as last year's one i can't remember last year's one was it last year's yeah if in doubt say tim vine yeah (laughs) i'll tell you what last year's one was um multi-story car park theft wrong on so many levels yeah. I think that was it. <laughs> I like the time travelling one. You can lend your friend your time machine because you'll get it back instantly. Uh-huh. Okay, that yeah, that's, that's quite good. I um, can't remember the rest of them. Yeah, some of them are pretty just... Mm, I've heard mm. better on the open mic, so... Mm. Do you ever do puns or is that... Funnily enough, um, I have started... Uh, I, I need a bit of a bit of stimulation for puns, so I need a subject matter for puns. And this is where, uh, I hate to say it, but old Twitter comes into its own. Yes. So uh, the other day I took part in in a baked musician's uh, thing. So musicians that you can put in the oven. So for example, someone came up with Quiche, quiche Richards. Right. Uh, they're better written down, I must say. And, and I quite like that kind of thing, just to kind of get the get the blood flowing a little bit. Um, it's like when you're trying to learn a new program on a computer, you have to have something to do. Yeah. Otherwise you're yeah, just you just filling around with it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You need to sort of do it in real time. So I, I don't mind writing puns. And, I, and people are really rude about puns as sort of comedy form, but I, I think a good pun is, is Do you like comedy-based comedians? Well, there's on not... On the open mic? Um, yeah, I do. There's not, there's not that many of I've them. only seen sort of three or four. Yeah. It's funny when... You watch a pun comedian do stuff on stage and you look at the other pun comedian uh-huh. and see their reaction to those jokes. Yeah. That's quite funny. Some of them sort of wince and you think, well, yours are like that. Well, I know. Yeah. But no, I mean, there's there's quite a few. I went to see a show in, in Edinburgh, which was an hour of puns, but the way they did it was just was just wonderful. Yeah. And if you don't like puns, you don't like puns, fine. But I, I think they can be brilliant. Um, did you go to Edinburgh this year? I, I went so last year I went for three days. This yeah. year I extended that to a whole five days, Ooh. and I did perform. As a tourist, or no, as a as a very sort of frazzled, um, slightly bewildered performer slash tourist. So I did I think eight spots in five days, 
which is about the same amount as, as a lot of other comedians do in half a day. I mean, yeah. you, you see people doing sort of 10, 10 spots a day there, and I don't know how they do it, to be honest. It's madness. What it was is. it? Because I've never been up there. I've only just learned how to spell Edinburgh properly. Okay. <laughs> what, with that, with that B-O-R-U-G-H the at the end? the G in the wrong place. Yeah. Edinburgh. That's it. Well, What's... I was at uni there, so I, I, I had oh, that head, right. head start on you. So you um, kind of know the layout and everything, because I went to Edinburgh. Yeah, basically, a half the venues are places that I used to sort of get, get drunk and go disco dancing in. Nice. So it's a bit of a weird, weird flashback for me. Um, but next year, and this is the other thing with, with Edinburgh, go and it gives you an amazing sense of perspective in terms of how big the whole kind of comedy land yeah. is. And, you know, even people that in your mind are quite established and successful are still doing free shows yeah. in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, because, you know, if you're if you're a tourist there, if you're a punter, an audience member, and you're looking at a programme which is an inch thick... Really? Yeah. And, and, like and there are people who sort of, you know... Spoken to umpteen people who've done, you know, six months, twelve months. Oh yeah, I'm going to take an hour show up there next year. Well, who's going to go and see you? Yeah. No, no one's heard of you. Um, and and it, it really does put into perspective your place in the in the Was comedy there a lot firmament. Of open mic stuff up there. Yeah, 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 yeah there is, and, and there's, I mean, that's some of the best uh, stuff to go and see is kind of best of the fringe stuff where you get a mixed bill. Because actually seeing, uh, oh, I mean, seeing an hour of the same person in their crap, can you imagine? I mean, you just die. Yes. So going to one of those things where you can see six, seven, eight comedians each doing so five to ten minutes each is, is actually, it's like any... Was it easy to get the gigs as well? Or um, is it all pre-booked months in advance? No, I think uh, it depends who you know. I mean, I'm, I'm not massively well connected particularly, but if you are, you can just kind of stroll up. And, yeah. and, and, and then there are also, there's kind of free fringe stuff where they'll book you into certain uh, showcase things which i might see if i can investigate what about the accommodation because i looked into going up there just it's as a expensive because we were only there for five days we could actually afford something with, with a roof and doors ah. and stuff but um otherwise you are looking at some kind of rat hole yes yeah, what i'm really looking away. forward to might try it next year mm. but we'll definitely go up and have a look i yeah. would do you think there's any other way of practicing being on stage apart from being on stage no no I don't think... Well, MCing is very good. I, I, I need to try and see if oh, I can yeah. get a couple of... Because that's a very good way to sort of get your... Maybe ask Wes, funny feckers. Maybe I should. Hi. Yes. Um, yeah, so so maybe maybe do that. Um, I've got a... Uh, I also gig outside London more. That's part of my plan. Have you done any of that yet? I've done a little bit. I've done Brighton a few times, which is which is fun. There's a little festival down there, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and then I'll tell you what else, to answer your question properly, because I haven't really answered it. I'm going to set myself a challenge of maybe doing half an hour at the Camden Fringe next year. There you go. Mm. That's it. Proper proper answer to the question. Is that, what's the longest gig you've done so far? Uh, 20 minutes. Is, was that hard or...? Um, not when you've got sort of hours of waffle that you can just kind of crap on about. Um, was it hard... In terms of keeping the momentum going, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because yeah. I kind of find it quite hard with five minutes to get a momentum going, and then you got to stop. Yes, so which is why actually I, I much prefer doing ten to, yeah. to five because you've got more space. So were they more forgiving? You didn't? Did you have to put cram as many laughs per minute as it were into a twenty? No, because I haven't got the material to cram. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was it was fine. It was to a bunch of students. Um, it was hilarious. It was at the Feminist Society of King's College London. It was right. hysterical, yeah. And there were all these very sort of earnest feminists. Was there who... any men on the bill? No, no. It was just me and my friend Annabelle who were supporting the headliner. And um, actually, the funny, the funny, talking about, did you ask them a question? I did a thing 
about women's magazines because um, I used to read them a lot in my in my old job and I, I did a thing and I open up the question who reads magazines what do you read and not a single one of them would answer not open their mouths at all and I realized it's because they all knew each other and they were all and because they're so young they're like sort of 20 they were all terrified of kind of giving the wrong answer or uh. showing themselves up to be sort of take a break readers or whatever <laughs> so I got absolutely nothing out of any of them um, but in general they were they were pretty pretty nice nice but the, you, you do get a lot of gigs like that with a very homogenous audience. Whereas last night, the gig I did was all, it was kind of grandmas, younger people. It was a real mix of people. That was a comment because they wanted to be there, didn't they? Last night? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was part of the Cricklewood Comedy Festival. Ooh. So it was a local local thing. Are you just trying to write stuff that's funny or do you want to try and make people think a little bit? God, making making people think is, is a bit of a, it's a bit of a luxury when you've only got five minutes yeah. because you, you've got to be funny. I, I think making people think can sort of come when you've got when you've got longer to to sort of explain it but um you know, making people think is never a bad thing yeah yeah especially if they think exactly the same thing that you think <laughs> then they're great do you do any material about being a woman or no are you trying to keep it away specifically from not no yeah. um i i mean now i do more stuff uh about myself and obviously as as a female person <laughs> it is about a woman i.e me but certainly in the beginning, I was very, very conscious of writing stuff that could be said by a man or a woman. Yeah. And the fact that it's, I mean, I, I would say that my stuff appeals more to women because it's being delivered by me in a female way. And I, yeah. you know, I think it, it appeals more to women and they can they can connect with me. But no, it's a very conscious decision not to go over this whole kind of girl comedy, hacky stuff, which... You know, it still can be done quite well, but it's got to be done really well for people not to go, oh, God. Um, and my absolute pet hate, and you will never, ever hear me do it, is girls that get on stage and go, so I'm single. Let me tell you some internet dating stories. And I just want to shoot myself. I really do. It's quite you few... will never, ever hear me do that, ever. What, is, is it because... Do you think it's just because it's the easy way to go? Or? It's the easy way to go. And, I, and the other thing about the, the circuit is when you first start, you don't realise how many of the same topics get recycled. Yeah. So actually, a lot of people who do do all this internet dating and they meet um, whoever it might be, sort of, uh, you know, Johnny Big Knob 69 or whatever he calls himself. And you go, oh, and he had this hilarious profile. Ha, ha, ha. Fine. But once you've sort of done the rounds a little bit, you realise that a lot of other people are doing, are doing the same stuff. Um, the other thing about the sort of getting up and going, oh, I'm single, is kind of, oh, please feel sorry for me. My life is so sad. Yeah. Um, and I, I just I just don't like that. I think, um, I mean, there are certain types of comedy where you can sort of elicit sympathy from the audience. And there are a lot of comics who are very good at doing that. Yeah. But what is, how is that going to, how are you going to come across the audience if, if you stand up and go, oh, feel sorry for me. Oh, my life is so sad. I, I just, I don't, I'm not into that. Have you seen Prince, is it Abdi? No, I haven't. He's brilliant. He's from Somalia, mm -hmm. lives in Brixton, mm -hmm. doesn't do any racial comedy at all. Yeah. It's just stuff that happens That's to the him. other thing, and is that people can brilliant. rely on that too much. Yeah. And of course, you know, your, your background and... And culture is a huge part of who you are, and especially if you, if you do very sort of personal comedy, of course yeah. it's a huge... But I sometimes think, well, you know, you and I live in the same city. Do you wait for a bus in a completely different way that I do just because I'm white and you're black or whatever? It, it, it's not... It doesn't sort of govern absolutely you know, yeah. every breathing moment. So, so yeah. 
Um, my pet hate is someone goes on stage and says, don't I look like a cross between so-and-so and so-and-so? I know, but that's probably because they they have been told to do that on their, on their comedy I mean, I do course. make a comment joke about my T-shirt, but uh-huh. it's only because it's worth two laughs and I need all the laughs yeah. I can get. Well, there, there are some people who, who do have quite good-looky-likey yeah. stuff. Uh, there's one guy who looks like the count from sesame street that's his thing really yes and and when you see you go, oh yeah he does and it's, it's really really funny to the point where he was on at up the creek and he'd really sort of practiced this great set and he just managed to catch the crowd in such a moment where they just lost it and he came oh the count from sesame street's come a long way and he couldn't stop them I mean, he must be the only comic in history who's just like shut up shut up he couldn't stop them laughing and he was really sad when he came off and he went but i couldn't do the rest of my set and i was like yeah that's because they were laughing at your opening joke be happy like, um so yeah his his is quite good but no the, other times i've seen people going i know what you're thinking so-and-so's put on a bit of weight you, you, you don't look like you know tony blair or whatever you it's, it's only because they, they, they've been told to open with a looky-likey joke. Yeah. Well, who do I look like? And they can't actually think of anyone. What's the, what's the one joke that you've got that you know will get a laugh every single time? Or have you got several of them? Oh. <laughs> the reason I'm pausing is not to go through the sort of inordinate <laughs> list of... Well, I've got um, my... I, I do my thing sort of about liking... Liking heavy metal—that's quite a—that's quite a popular one. And then that's my, good because it's just a juxtaposition, isn't it? It is, and I'm—I'm I'm a woman of many layers. I really am. I'm a fascinating person who does all sorts of things you wouldn't expect. <laughs> um, no, what do I? My my opening joke about all bar one, and that is quite a girls' joke, I guess. That's about six months old. So I've been using that quite a lot. But I get really self-conscious of always using the same stuff, which is ridiculous. Because no one's heard it before. Exactly. I mean, I've played to an average of eight people a night. <laughs> it doesn't Just because you've done it 15 times doesn't mean more than 27 people have heard it. As long as you're not going, uh, hi, yeah. I, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> just like dialing it in. <laughs> I haven't got quite got to that stage yet, but no. I think we'd better end it there. I think we better had. It's nearly five o'clock. Oh, my God, it's five past five. How did that happen? Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Very much indeed. Thank you. It's been great fun. Thanks for the biscuit. That's all right. And the tea. Yeah, thanks. See you next time. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.